OTB GAA. Through when Mike retired, I became the heaviest player in the dressing room, so I was often on Paul Gadden's back before we games. <laughs> Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Off the ball daily. And you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We hope we're doing all right around the country and are gearing up for tomorrow, even if you're neutral. So, what do we have on the show today? Well, the All Ireland Senior Football Final is what it's all about this weekend. Our preview panel throws in at about half one with two former captains that lifted Sam McGuire. Kerry's Fionn Fitzgerald and Dublin's John O'Leary will also be joined for the conversation by Kerry Sean O'Sullivan and Dublin's Jar Brennan, also All-Ireland winners. We'll hear from both camps ahead of the game and play out the best bits from the excellent Football Pod Roadshow that was held at Croke Park on Thursday night. Paul Galvin and Keane O'Sullivan were the special guests. Also on the show today, we'll check in with Kathleen McNamee in Australia, head of the final game of the World Cup for the Republic of Ireland. Ex-Leitrim player Zach Moradi will be in the studio to talk hurling and inclusion. We'll also get top tips and tall tales for the Galway races from Johnny Ward. A lot to get through then. 53106, the number for your texts at a cost of 30 cents throughout the show. If you'd also like to get in touch on Twitter, you can add off the ball. Let's start off the programme with the news round. As always, Aidan Delaney and Cameron Hill are with me and Aidan will begin with this biggest show in town. That's right. Tension ratcheting up right across the country this weekend as Kerry and Dublin, the old rivals, prepare for the All-Ireland Football Final. The Kingdom come into tomorrow's game as defending champions and are looking to retain their crown for the first time since 2007. The Dubs are looking for their first All-Ireland win since 2020. That was back when they completed six in a row. So just the team news so far. Kerry have made one change with Stephen O'Brien coming into the starting 15. He's in the half-forward line after his impressive performance from the bench in the win over Derry. Adrian Spillane drops out then with Tony Brosnan ruled out through injury. For Dublin then it's Paddy Small who's been named to start in the half forward line. Sean Bugler is back in the side among the replacements and we can hear now from the Kerry coach and former All-Ireland winner himself Mike Quirk. He was speaking to Tommy Rooney during the week and says they're up against a fantastic side tomorrow but they can only worry about their own performance. I mean you have to worry about yourselves. You can't, you can't worry about Dublin. Like Now though yeah, now it's different. You, now, now they're in front of you and you can see what they've added from last year. We won that game by a point last year with that with that free and they've added in the meantime four players that have accumulated 24 All-Ireland medals between them, 16 All-Stars and roughly 250 championship appearances. So if you're talking about, that's that's roughly a third of their team that they can infuse with that kind of game management, know-how, winning mentality, ability, like that's a huge bonus that they're after getting and picking up. So we know that like the challenge that we faced last year was was mammoth and, and that challenge has just increased by 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 the numbers I just threw out there. Like they're they're a hugely quality team and, and we're gonna have to be so much better than we were, <clears throat> excuse me, against Derry and even against Dublin last year to, to, to win the game. And that's that's a great place for us to be in. Cameron. Hello. You've been reading Eamon Fitzmaurice today in The Examiner. I have been reading Eamon Fitzmaurice and I encourage everyone else to do the same. It's a fantastic piece breaking down where Kerry are going to go for this final. Um, 
how they're going to attack it, what problems face Dublin heading into this. So some really interesting stuff. He thinks that Kerry might adopt a similar style to the likes of Roscommon and Monaghan laterally in the semi-final of more possession-based football, which Dublin really... Using Shane Ryan maybe then as a... Yeah, well, that's it. Auxiliary. He's had precious little opportunity to be part of that possession-based football, but he reckons they might see more of that this year, um, which would be really, really interesting. He also reckons... The big question for Dublin is how do you solve a problem like David Clifford? Um, Mick Fitzsimons will be on tomorrow based on the starting lineups that were announced. But you reckon James McCarthy might go back and do another bit of marking on him? Maybe they're going to add a seventh defender as Eamon Fitzmaritz alludes to, which means that Ty Morley will be freed up. So it does seem like there's a big problem for Dublin in terms of how they're going to man mark, certainly in the first half. You can't be scared of one player. No, absolutely not. Um, and I think Dublin's bench would encourage me that they're going to have a really strong second half. Kieran Kilkenny will come on either for Niall Scully or maybe Paul Mannion. He might start. Likely. Mm. He might start, but I reckon he'd be better off on the subs. It's what's worked for them in the quarterfinals and semifinals. And bringing on Kieran Kilkenny later into the game as some sort of sweeper might be the key to Dublin's success tomorrow. I think that'll be crucial. The timing of that sub will be really, really interesting from Desi Farrell. Just going back to this idea of kind of taking Shane Ryan out of nets, does that mean Dublin have to counter that by bringing their 41-year-old goalkeeper back out? I don't think that's going to happen. No, I can't imagine that it would, but I think it would be a very risky strategy if it's if it's something that you've been working on in training all year and this is you know a surprise that you're going to spring on the big day. Maybe it'll work then, but this surely it has to be something that you've kind of worked on that you know inside out that you know who's going to get back if the ball is lost in midfield who's going to get back if you know Shane Ryan goes down injured what happens if your subkeeper has to come in I think it'd be a very dangerous strategy to try something like that maybe it's just kind of pie in the sky what do we have to do we need to fill you know some parts of the newspaper but I can't, I just can't see Shane Ryan doing it if he hasn't been doing it all year Well he plays outfield for his club Roy Began uh, for Monaghan was very effective I felt in the semi-final in that role but as you say what happens if there's a turnover I think there's a few things here there's Cluxton back there's Mannion back McCaffrey will probably come off the bench but last year Dublin didn't have Conor Callaghan in the semi-final and yeah. lost by a point and that's been underplayed in the lead up to this final he might not have been on full cylinders in terms of his outstanding ability this season, mm. but he could be a big game player tomorrow. And I think he's been underplayed in the narrative around this final. It's all been about David Clifford, rightfully so, because he's the best player in the game. But Conor Callahan is not far off. Yeah, and I'm insanely jealous. I still haven't secured a ticket as of yet, um, although the weather might be putting me off. Um, GA season tickets. GA season tickets. Yeah, get one of those start Maybe. of the year. Yeah, yeah. Because May are going to be bound to be back in an All Ireland final and disappoint sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, that's a given, isn't it? Um, but I've, I'm insanely jealous of anyone who gets to go tomorrow and see David Clifford Don't in be the flesh. Jealousy is bad. In his pomp. <laughs> no, a, no, I will be. Yeah, jealousy is a bad trait. Bad to have trait to have. Yeah, I think it is. Really, you're yeah. not jealous of anything. No, I think I'm too old. No, I think everyone's jealous of you, JD. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but anyway, go on. There you go. But it's one of those rare occasions, I think, anybody who gets the chance over the next however long he plays needs to go and see this guy live. It's there is a regret. There is a regret, regret element. I remember regretting not seeing Messi play for Barcelona or going to Barcelona Yeah, just even to play, I don't know, Osasuna or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just to see Messi play at, at his peak around 09, 10, 11. 
and that was something I do regret. He's of that caliber. He is Tiger Woods, Messi another player. I Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Roger uh, Federer was the uh, comparison that uh, Jarlath Regan made earlier when I was talking to him. So go and experience him live. So you you're in the midst of, at the moment of a, a continuous regret. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's you all, any regrets? Something you didn't see? All spiral. Uh, the messy one would have been a big one for me. All right. Um, I don't know. I, I guess being from Wexford, not being around for '96, or I was, you know, just turned two years of age, so I don't remember any of the the kind of celebrations or anything like that. That is something that I do have a bit of regret about. You know, maybe if I had badgered my parents enough as a one and a half year old child, they might have brought me. But um, no, I think the messy one is the, the great thing about David Clifford is that he's he's going to be around for the next mm. ten, twelve, maybe thirteen years. So there'll be plenty of opportunities to see him, and you know, maybe plenty of opportunities to see him in an All Ireland final as well. But do it now. Do it now is the point. Um, I did miss the opportunity to see Messi in the flesh at the new camp. Um, it was about, it was 2014, 2015. We were on a school tour to Barcelona and a bunch of the guys in our year were going to see Barcelona play Getafe in one of their characteristic 8-0 thrashings of a smaller La Liga side and Messi was apparently brilliant that night. And I said, ah, man, no, I don't really want to go. <laughs> and it's been hanging over me ever since. Okay. So, what do we see the winning and losing of this final as? It hasn't been something that's been spoken about as of yet, but I think the midfield battle is going to be very key. I think the Dublin midfield, we know it's it's going to be Brian Fenton and Brian Howard in there, so it's it's a very solid, you know, kind of base for them to build off of and Brian Fenton is somebody who's, you know, a multiple All-Ireland winner and really hasn't hit the heights that we saw at the kind of start of his career, but he is somebody who's so solid that you can depend on him. He's going to get back and help the defence. He's going to be that platform for the attack going forward and the Kerry midfield has been something that I've been impressed with this year. I think I remember seeing Jack Barry playing for Nagale in the Junior All-Ireland Club Final uh, when he played against Rack Rogue and he was just miles away the best player on the day and that was you know obviously not really his standard but he's he's just come on even since then and Dermot O'Connor had a brilliant game it was the quarterfinal Tyrone yeah yeah the Tyrone game where he was just lording it over everybody and I think if Kerry can kind of just get on top and maybe kind of limit the influence that Brian Fenton can have on this game, can just even disrupt, you know, one in three of the Dublin kickouts, I think that'll give them a great vote. Fo- you know, because you are giving the ball into David Clifford, who's going to get four points, five points from play pretty easily. Um, so I think that midfield battle is going to be key. I think there's no, well, there's one matchup on the basis of those two starting teams that seems to be favouring one player much more than the other. I think every other one is very evenly matched and like there's so many tantalising ones there. We haven't even talked about John Small on Sean O'Shea or Brian Howard on Dermot O'Connor, even the likes of O'Callaghan on Jason Foley. That'll be fantastic. The one I think is probably a foregone conclusion will be Gavin White on Paddy Small. I think White is going to have him in his I, back pocket. I, I, don't think I, I, don't, I think your uncle Kenny starts for me. You think he's going to yeah, come in? I do yeah, I think he's going to start. I think Jack McCaffrey will be the springer mm. from the bench. Okay. And I think Kieran Kenny will start. Because that is the one outlier that I think if it stays the way it is, Gavin White's going to have a really influential first half and be the avenue through which so much of Kerry's greatness will come. I think there are a few things here from my own thinking. I think Kerry have a better defence. I think Dublin have a better midfield. Dublin have a better spread of forwards, but Kerry have the best forward. Dublin have the better bench. Mm-hmm. And that is the kind of way I'm kind of... There's, there's pros and cons mm-hmm. uh, when you're dealing with... 
and and just the bench will be such a key part of the game. So it is. I think it is something we saw in the hurling final last week that Wally Walsh was obviously going to be a huge impact off the bench for Kilkenny. He was forced to come in from the start and then didn't have the game that maybe Derek Ling and his management team expected him to have. So I would expect something from Kieran Kilkenny as well. Uh, obviously, he's going to play some part in the game. If he was to come in from the start, does he run out of legs maybe 50 minutes in and you have to replace him with somebody who won't have the same kind of impact? Because he is that kind of quarterback player. He can, you know, kind of guide the players around him and does have that experience of, you know, kind of leading teams through when the to- when the going gets tough, especially in All-Ireland final. So I think I would probably keep him on the bench. You know, you've mentioned Jack McCaffrey can also play that role as well, but it's better to have two of them when you're coming down the straight and maybe there's two points in it. Nobody's also mentioned because you had a quiet semi-final by his standards. Colin Baskell has had a great season mm-hmm. and took Mayo to the cleaners in the quarter-final. Absolutely. And, and it's a funny one. I don't really like these teams named by the GA now. The, 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 the county does my head in because you don't really know if it's the full team. Yeah. Uh, but of the team that was named yesterday, only one of the Dublin team that started against carrying the semi-final last year, only one of the six forwards, yes. Cormac Costello, uh, yeah. so, which is interesting. So there is a different complexion to last year. And Conor Callahan, as I said, being the main person that's come back that is not one of the returnees but he's, he's definitely back into the team but you could also argue that Kerry have improved a year on they had to get the monkey off the back they hadn't beaten Dublin since 2009 mm-hmm. uh, you could see that in the way they wobbled in the second half but they were the better team on the day they have that experience they now know how to win in Croke Park and beat the Dubs in Croke Park I don't think that's something that should be underestimated it's going to be absolutely fascinating game Absolutely well not according to Jack O'Connor have they improved over last year he's playing the Jack's going to do the Jack's record the thing about Jack O'Connor is and people sometimes forget this of the eight All-Ireland finals that Kerry have won since 1997 Jack O'Connor has been involved with six of them because he's a selector of Paul O'Shea in 97 and in 2000 and people sometimes forget that so he's, his imprint has been in the modern era has been all over Kerry's successes the only ones he didn't wasn't involved in was 07 and 14 uh, the first um, text in for the day 5 through 106 hi John David Clifford an amazing player talent but Dublin have multiple legends in their team it'll be tight but Dublin by 5 for me Ooh, that's a big Texas. spread yeah. that's a big spread I think I've said this on AM before um, I think we're in danger of looking at it as Clifford and co with Kerry that there's a complexion of the myth around the 86 winning World Cup team is that Maradona dragged an average Argentina side through to win the cup which is untrue there were some quality players in there the likes of Burachaga and it's the same with this Kerry side that just because Clifford is head and shoulders above anything else on offer in the country doesn't mean that this Kerry side are, are bang average they are fantastic from 1 to 15 that is why despite all this stuff about this is the last dance and the quality that Dublin have had and the fact that they've come just right like the Monaghan semi-final and that brief scare they had will stand to them I think Kerry are going to win tomorrow Just to build on that I suppose the one player if I had like just this fan cam this player cam that would just stay on one player I'd love to see what Paul Ganey does throughout the game because Paul Ganey is a player that I always looked out for he was the man that was kind of stepping into the James Dunahoo shoes uh, when he first burst onto the scene and he's kind of been overshadowed a little bit since David Clifford has come on and 
basically every player has been overshadowed by Clifford but Paul Ganey is one of those players that can really transform a game if he's on form he hasn't really kind of hit those heights that we saw earlier on in his career as well and if Clifford is going to be double marked it looks like they'll probably just put Mick Fitzsimons on him but it is a, a case where you know Clifford might have a bit of an off day so you're looking at who else is the scoring forward in there Stephen O'Brien is going to come in from the start he he showed what he could do against Derry last time out Potty Clifford is more of a of a creator so he won't really get scores on the board but if Paul Gainey can just manage to beat his man get a couple of points on the board that could be the winning and losing of it so So what's your spread Cameron for Kerry Kerry by three Kerry by two Dublin by three by three so we're all one score games <laughs> well I'm from the county so I can't say anything <laughs> who's getting the goal Conor Callaghan I'll tell you one thing I'd, uh, Conor Callaghan man of the match really that's my uh, prediction it's going to be his one yes Fran in touch 53106 seeing Clifford live loads of times watching live he is so quick you miss it I missed the sideline flick pass against Tyrone only when I saw the replay I realised what had happened Kerry Abu and Pat, Pat the Kerryman has been in touch hi guys I feel the best Kerry can hope for is a draw otherwise a clear Dublin victory by at least two points of pessimism in the kingdom it wouldn't be like them at all would it? even the textures are playing mind games this is great <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what you want Women's World Cup, uh, just to let you know, folks, we have John O'Leary, Fionn Fitzgerald, Ger Brennan and Sean O'Sullivan shortly on the football final. Yeah, so uh, the Women's World Cup, we've got two results to bring you so far. The big game of the day was the meeting of France and Brazil. Uh, France coming out on top in that one by two goals to one. Uh, so a big, big victory for them and Brazil teetering on the brink of relegation now and uh, not qualifying for the next round. Earlier on today, though, Sweden booked their spot in the last 16 thanks to a 5-0 win over Italy. That's their biggest win in the competition since the 90s. And we also have a game coming up at half past. That's Panama versus Jamaica. We have game here at home as well in the League of Ireland. We do in the first division. Longford taking on Cove Ramblers at kickoff at Bishop's Gate. In that one is at half past seven. Alan, so Maximan's days at St James's Park are over. Yes, he's confirmed he'll leave Newcastle this summer. The French winger, who joined from Nice in 2019, scored 13 goals in more than 120 games for the North East club. He's posted a farewell message on Instagram after being linked with a £30 million move to the Saudi Pro League side Al Ahli. Now we have ladies football semi-finals today as well. We do. The lineup for the final will be decided this evening. First up, Kerry take on Mayo for a spot in the decider. Throwing at Simple Stadium for that one is at five o'clock. And following that, it's the old rivals Cork and Dublin facing off at half past seven. Our Mayo underdogs, your Mayo man. Yeah, underdogs and rightly so. I think the rest of the semi-finals is made up of ghosts of All Ireland finals past. There, uh, Kerry from last year hoping to avenge um, losing to Mead who they beat earlier on this championship I think they're probably the favourites I, I hate to say it I, you might hear gritted teeth here folks but uh, I think Kerry are going to take them to the cleaners the Dublin Cork game is f- going to be phenomenal though so much quality on both sides 2020 and 2021 I'm finalists of course as well uh, so whoever gets them will have the honour of probably losing to Kerry in the final you can check out our reaction to those games on the off the ball digital and social channels later with Ashley O'Reilly getting some reaction we have Leona Maguire always dogged and doing her best even if She's not playing her best. Absolutely. She's right back into contention now at the Evian Championship in France. The Cabin native carried the third round of 67 to sit seven shots off the lead on seven under par. Northern Ireland's Stephanie Meadow is on seven over. And Frenchwoman Celine Boutier and Japan's Nessa Hatoka uh, share the lead on ten under. 
we have the senior open any of the Irish lads doing well uh, Podrick Harrington not too bad at the minute he's in the tie for 16th place sitting on one over par he'll tee off his third round at a quarter to two uh, it's New Zealand's Stephen Alker though who leads by a shot ahead of round three uh, he sits on four under par after a three under round of 68 yesterday Darren Clark also in the field he sits on five over par through 13 we have swimming news. We do. Daniel Whiffen will compete in the final of the 1500 metre freestyle at the World Aquatic Championships tomorrow. He finished second in his semi final this morning in a time of 14.4350. And Sligo native Mona McSherry has finished 11th in the semi finals of the 50 metre breaststroke this afternoon. Uh, that's following a time of 34.54. Uh, it's not going to be enough to qualify for her for the final, though. She has secured her Olympic qualification already this week. And Connor Ferguson is taking part in his first world semi-final. He's in the 50 metre backstroke. He's clocked a time of 2.94 for 11th in his heats and he's in the pool for that semi-final as we speak. New Zealand seem to be back. They've beaten Australia 38-7 in the rugby championship today. Yeah, so that win for the All Blacks sees them a step closer to retaining the Bledisloe Cup. The sides will meet in Dunedin on the 5th of August. And we were just watching the game outside and, yeah, New Zealand are definitely back. Now, a lot of it can be put down to a really poor Australia side. I mean, they've been beaten by the Springboks pretty heavily. Argentina got the better of them as well. So how much of it is, you know, Australia are terrible and how much of it is New Zealand are back? But, I mean, it looked pretty ominous there today. I feel like a lot of it is Australia are terrible. Uh, they were pathetic in the second half like utterly dreadful I think Nick White I don't know how he's still playing international rugby he's so slow off the back of the ruck they've terrible ruck speed Quade Cooper's not at it at the moment and even the young players that are coming through like Andrew Calloway had a pretty dismal game so yeah a lot of it is the Wallabies are terrible but New Zealand are frightful I mean Going into the day, they had 78 points from their first two games in the Rugby Championship. Add the 38 there, that's over 100. They're looking great. Joe Schmidt is cooking. Uh, Ian Foster has something of a chip on his shoulder in the way the unions treated him. So he's just kind of saying, well, look, this is how good I can do when you guys are off my back. It is frightening. Welcome to my nightmares. New Zealand in a quarterfinal at the World Cup. Let's hope that France, or whatever way it works out, that we end up playing France. Uh, it, it wouldn't be a Belgian Grand Prix without rain. No, qualifying for the sprint shootout at the Belgian Grand Prix was delayed this morning due to rain. No time frame given for the heavy downpours continuing at Spa. And this afternoon's 100km sprint will see the top eight finishers collect championship points. The cricket will go down for England fans as a case of what might have been, I think. Yeah, very much so. Rain, of course, causing problems there as well. England's cricketers have made a promising start to their second innings, though, in the final Ashes Test against Australia. They've reached lunch and the hosts are now 130 for one at the Oval. That puts them on 105 runs of a lead. And the opener, Zach Crawley, is heading for his century, while Captain Ben Stokes also at the crease. We have racing at Gorham Park today, the King George as well at Ascot, August Rodan, looking to give Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore yet another big winner this summer. They've had an incredible summer. Aidan O'Brien, tell you, one of the best sports people we've ever produced in this country. And the Women's World Cup puts the verdict briefly. It's kicking into gear now. France were really impressive today. It was a brilliant game. Sorry for anyone who missed it just there. Uh, Brazil came into it in the second half. It was a really good goal. But I think... The first round was very disappointing. I think teams were really clicking into gear and finding their feet. Although England looked like they might be in a bit of trouble. Kira Walsh going off is a big blow for their World Cup chances. The best teams so far, I think, have been Spain, Japan, France and Sweden, of course. Well, Germany, no? 
No, they're, they've been okay. I, I don't know. I, I think Spain look really, really good. Bomati is a fantastic player and I think she's going to get the player of the tournament. I think just going back to Qatar and just thinking about how pretty average Argentina were during the group stages I don't think I'd be writing England off just yet obviously they have massive injury concerns and they're kind of running around with a bit of a patched up side at the minute but when you can have somebody like Lauren James who can come in scoring after six minutes and just getting that just getting one nil victories is all they need to do so I wouldn't be writing England off just yet but watching Sweden this morning yeah that was pretty special We will talk about Ireland with Kathleen McNamee from Brisbane at three o'clock Aidan Delaney, Cameron Hill, thank you so much for joining me on the news round. One of the textures going into the break here after the absolute awesome, powerful display by Limerick last weekend. Let's hope for a really good football final. It really needs to be, if the hurling has been so more enjoyable, this needs to be a really good football final, says Niall in Dublin. Well said. Now, coming up after this ad break, the Saturday panel previewing the football final tomorrow with John O'Leary, Sean O'Sullivan, Jar Brennan, and Fionn Fitzgerald. Off the ball Saturday on News Talk is back after this.